What's up, you guys? I am Micah Folsom, and you're listening to the Do Your Crap Podcast. I was overwhelmed, uninspired, and unfulfilled, and I knew there had to be a different way to do life. Turns out, there totally is. And I found my calling in helping people learn and do the unsexy habits that build a legendary life. Each and every week, I'm going to help you bust through the crap that's holding you back and break down the simple habits and mindset shifts that will help you rock every aspect of your life. Are you ready to do the things that most people won't so that you can live the life that most people can't? Here we go. Welcome back to the Do Your Crap podcast, you guys. I'm so excited about the guest that we have today. I know that for those of you that have been around here for a while, you know, I'm all about empowering you women, just crushing life. And this woman is the epitome of that. So before I bring her on to share her story, we have with us today, Allie Levine, and you can find her at Allie Levine design on Instagram. She is a mommy influencer, fashion expert now, but she started out as a celebrity stylist, um, a TV personality. She has so many things to go along with her bio, like so many things. She's worked with top celebrities. She's known for so much. She started in New York and then went to LA. Like her bio goes on for days, but I want you guys to hear from her because that's way more exciting than hearing from me. So Allie, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to get say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Do this with you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm like got over here like laughing because I'm like, oh my gosh, it's it's so funny, right? Like, like you can obviously test this as an entrepreneur. Like you forget your own accolades and you forget like, you know, like like you know they're there, but you like don't necessarily give yourself the credit that you're supposed to. And like you just sit there and you're like, oh yeah, I can do that. Oh yeah, that is that, that that is about me. You know, it's like so so thank you for that boost. Uh it's been a busy day today. I know we were talking before we got on, like the energy's been crazy. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling it and I'm exhausted. And that just gave me a little, a little reboot of like, all right, Ali, yeah, you're killing it. <laughs> no, I love it. When I was reading through it, I was like, holy crap, this girl has like 
<laughs> literally you guys like a list of like eight paragraphs long of things. That oh my gosh. Done. You're too sweet. <laughs> it's incredible. So Allie, tell us about how you got started. First of all, like in the fashion industry and all of that stuff. And then we'll talk about some of your pivots for sure. Okay. So, um, I've always loved fashion. Like since I was super, super young, um, I always tell people like my grandmother who is now on the other side, she was my best friend growing up. My first daughter, Amelia is named after her. And she always like was so just beautifully put together from makeup to fashion, like beauty fanatic, gorgeous fashion. I, I love loved watching that. her get herself together. So I always felt like I had such a passion from that. And then, you know, going shopping with her and my mom and like watching fashion shows and being that we would go to New York city and I would see fashion shows and, you know, got to be a part of all of that world. And I just loved watching people transform in clothing. I, at a really young age, even myself, I would put, you know, different outfits on. My mom said I would run in my room and, you know, pick out the craziest colors and outfits <laughs> and designs. And she'd be like, I don't know if that really goes. And I think I was like already styling myself without really knowing what it was, you know? Awesome. And, you know, as I got older, I would help dress my friends and do their, you know, makeup and get them dressed when we go out to parties. And, you know, I just always love watching people like feel good and transform. And I always say confidence is your best accessory. And, you know, I, I learned that over the years between, you know, regular everyday people like ourselves and celebrities. And, you know, it, it's true. It's like, you could be wearing, you know, the most expensive gown in the world, but like, if you don't feel good in it and it's not like resonating with you, you just won't look like you're killing it. And yeah. I realized how much power fashion had in it. And like, I really just fell so in love with it. And so that's how I kind of, you know, started exploring as I got older, like, what does this look like? What do I want to do with it? I had no idea what a stylist was. It wasn't really a coined term back in the day. Um, so it was more like, oh, design. Oh, okay. There's, you know, buyers. And I just started like exploring and I went to school for fashion merchandising and design. And I started kind of just like learning the different ins and outs. I helped run like fashion shows. I met with different, you know, companies, you know, in the fashion world. I took different internships. And long story short, basically my first real job was Target. I was an intern for them. And I started just working with them and, and seeing kind of how they laid out their entire, you know, soft lines, fashion department, and what that all looks like. And just got to like really get a crash course into like retail, but like on a very high level world because Target yeah. really does things like, you know, on a very high scale. And so that was really cool for me. And then from there, they offered me a job and that was kind of like my first big management job and getting to run, you know, a um, fashion department, open a flagship store in New York for them and like really hit the ground running. And so I did that for quite a couple of years. And then I realized that like my heart wasn't in retail per se. Um, and it wasn't like, it just wasn't resonating. Like that exciting passion for fashion wasn't there. And so I thought, okay, what can I do to switch things up? And so like you were saying pivot, I started like reaching out about, you know, different like other jobs and everything. And I realized like I didn't have experience for these other, you know, design jobs and whatnot, because I, even though I had retail and I had studied design in school, I didn't have like the jobs to back it. So I had right. to start over. I had to start, you know, from already being now kind of like you know, a uh, head executive in Target to then being like a little low <laughs> assistant to working in corporate just to get in the door. And so then I started working as an assistant, you know, at like um, a company called Fragments in New York, which private label jewelry company and anyone that doesn't know what private label is. Basically, I was helping like take anything from Aeropostale all the way to Neiman Marcus and Saks and doing designs for them and creating it and them sticking their name on it. And that's what private label is. And so I was a part of that. And then I worked for Coach and I did handbags design for them. And then after that, um, I worked for Talbot and then the stock market crashed, <laughs> the big stock market crash. Um, and so, you know, it was funny when that happened. I don't think I realized how much life was going to change at that time 
but it really did because all of a sudden, you know, there was no corporate jobs and my fashion jobs were like obsolete. And every time I would like get something, it would drop within a few weeks because nobody had like the money to keep these people. And, you know, so I started hopping around just doing random like freelance gigs in these different corporate settings. But I was feeling very kind of just like used and abused because I was just getting thrown around. There was no passion of mine, everything I was doing. I just felt like I was just doing the corporate angle because I had to, because I had to make money and I was living right outside of New York City in an apartment I couldn't afford. And I just felt like, oh my gosh, like I'm just getting kind of thrown through the system and nothing's happening and I don't feel passionate once again. And so that was hard for me to like swallow because I finally felt like in design, I was starting to really find myself. And then it was like, oh, just kidding. Um, (laughs) um, And then I started to kind of reevaluate and was like, well, what else could I do? And I started reaching out to different people in the entertainment industry. I do have some family and friends in it. And I was like, hey, I don't even know like what it is with fashion in this, but like, could you like introduce me to someone as far as just to like understand and pick someone's brain or get coffee or whatever. And so I did, and I met a few different people and I ended up getting introduced to Oliver Stone and his team because they were coming to New York for Wall Street Money Never Sleeps, which ended up being my first movie. And, you know, when I tell people that they're like, oh my God, that's so cool. And, and don't get me wrong, it was, but it had nothing to do with fashion when I got in there. It was like, we need a production assistant, essentially someone's bitch girl to, I can say that right, <laughs> uh, <laughs> somewhat, you know, to run around and, you know, go do whatever they needed, you know, take coffee, donuts, you know, cut up scripts, like go to someone's house at 11 o'clock at night and feed their cat. Like you name it, devil's wear Prada-ish on steroids. Like that's what yeah. was happening. Um, and so that was like my crash course into like the entertainment industry of like baptism by fire. This is what you're going to do to just kind of like get in. And then after quite some time of like, you know, messing up, proving myself and, you know, working hard and, you know, in that after a few months, Oliver Stone, he's really, truly brilliant. And he said to me, you know, obviously you don't want to be doing this. Like, what's the goal? And I was just like, well, I love fashion. I studied fashion. I don't really know like how that plays into this, but I was told, you know, costume is kind of like that. And he was like, well, let's get you into the costume department a couple of days a week and have you like start learning. And that was like, yes. Okay. Awesome. I'm going to get some experience, you know? And so I got moved over for a few days a week to do stuff in the costume department and help them still running around, you know, doing returns, dropping off clothing, but Hey, now I'm like close to clothing. Um, and so I was like bopping around getting to just, you know, drop off clothes, run around all over New York city at all hours, you know, of the day and night to find things they needed, go match, you know, this blue shirt a million times over, but it was like, fulfilling my soul because I was getting to like actually touch clothes, feel like I was, you know, um, on a high again with fashion. And I started to really find my passion again. And so that's when I knew like, okay, I want to give this a shot. I want to get into costume design and figure this all out. So I bopped around, worked on a bunch of different, you know, TV shows like 30 Rock in New York City and worked on a bunch of different movies and different things. And then I went to Atlanta and worked on Big Mama's House with Martin Lawrence. I love that movie. (laughs) Oh my God, it's so good. It was two or three three I'm trying to remember but it was so good he's so flipping funny I was in charge of the fat suits let me tell you how much fun that was oh my gosh no way oh my god okay, it was literally cool. my job to keep it clean and dry and not moist and oh gross yeah. exactly <laughs> so gross we'll spare you guys the details and you to the details um but it was like okay um but it was really cool because I got to meet like amazing people on that you know yeah. set team and also like it, it kind of empowered me to be able to like run around you know in Atlanta by myself where I'd never been and work on the set and everything and that team that was there was from Los Angeles. And that's kind of how fast forward, I wound up in LA. The team there was like, you really should think about getting more into the styling world. You're so passionate about fashion. And I was like, 
I don't really know much about styling. I've kind of seen Rachel Zoe. I love her, but like, I don't really know what this is all about. Cause that's when her show was, you know, kind of coming about and styling was starting to become more yeah. of a mainstream term. And it wasn't like, just like, what is that? Right. Um, and it wasn't no longer just shopping. So I was like, okay. And so I started looking into things and they offered to like, have me essentially go and be with them in LA and be mentored by them and start working with them on their sets. And they were like, you know, we'll help you, you know, just kind of get into the union and work with us. You'll have to give us, you know, a good year of your time, but like, we'll help you get going. And like, how many times does someone turn to you and say like, I'm going to help you take this level, you know? And I was like, oh, okay. So I turned to my boyfriend, who's now, you know, my husband at the time and, and now, and I said to him, I said, well, um, I want to go to LA. And he's like, I thought you were thinking of maybe moving to Atlanta. And I was like, yeah, I was. And now I'm going to go to LA. <laughs> and he had just visited me in Atlanta from New York. And so he had never been to California in his life, but the good man that he is, he followed me out there. And so we wound up out in LA and I started working um, with them on different projects, you know, in costume. And I really realized that like, even though I loved it and I was doing well, costume wasn't fulfilling my soul either. It just wasn't resonating with that same I didn't feel like people were like transforming like they were because costume which sounds so weird but in the sense of like their soul wasn't transforming um and so then after doing some time with them I started then interning all over again in the styling world because once again even though I had so much experience I didn't have that specific experience and especially in that industry they're so cutthroat they're so hardcore so there was no way I was getting in without having some kind of experience so I started then interning all over again had to kind of check my ego and say all right I guess I'll just kind of start doing some jobs you know not paying again while I'm doing this costume job and I'm lucky I can still have this to make money and so I started interning in every free moment. I started working with Monica Rose's team when she was with the Kardashians years ago. And I started working with um, Renalu Padora, who worked for Kanye West World Throne Tour. I'm working for Kanye West and a bunch of other really big names. And um, I just started getting my, you know, my, essentially my feet wet to figure out like what this was. And it was the craziest because there were such long days, like styling is not for the, for the week. Like it's a very grueling, especially at a low level, you know, um, climb and so I was doing like 19 hour days just helping you know with running around dropping things off all over Los Angeles you're driving everywhere all day you're just doing errands you're you know again someone's bit just basically running everywhere but for all hours and then you get back to the office and it's like oh there's more things to be done or there's more organizing there's more computer work like there's just it never ends and even though it was so much work I finally felt like I was starting to like really feel excited again in what I was doing so I knew I was in the right place so I was like super hungry for more so then Fast forward to that, I used to started getting assistant jobs in working with all these different people and working with like B. Ackerland, who does like people like, you know, Gaga and all these people and started getting really like big people around me as far as, you know, assistant jobs. And then out of nowhere, I started kind of getting asked to dress these random like D-list celebrities who like weren't known in Hollywood and were like, hey, would you just help grab a dress since you're going to be there anyways to grab for this major person? Could you just grab this for them and, and just look for something? And I was like, oh, okay. And so these are of course all free, you know, jobs. And I was like, oh, okay, sure. You know? And so I start like getting different outfits with D-listers, but then all of a sudden, like someone like Ferran Tahir, who ended up winding up in um, Spider-Man, like he gets this like big best dress nomination. And it was like, oh, my name was associated with it. And then it was like another random person from like, you know, a reality show. And it was just like all these like random kind of just like, you know, that popped up out of nowhere over time that my name was associated. And then like my big thing that came was like New York times called me and they were like, Hey, 
we want to interview you because we've been seeing your work and like, we want to talk about, you know, business and fashion and like this, that, and the other thing. And it was like, I said to my husband, because we were sitting in our little townhouse and we had just bought in LA. I was barely even like making it surviving. I was like, really like banging out my head against a wall, working super, super hard to like even get anywhere. And I said to him, I'm like, New York Times on the phone. And he's like, what? And I was like, yeah, I think it might be a joke. Like, I wouldn't believe it, you know? And I'm like, and he's like, well, what are they saying? And I was like, well, they want to come over and like interview me. He's like, oh my God. You know, we have like one piece of furniture. We just got into our townhouse. We're still like barely making money. And they come over and I remember like we set up like the one table to the corner to make it look like like that was like a whole room. So, so I like took a picture in there and I always laugh when I see this picture still because it reminds you, right? Like how far you came and yeah. I'm standing in front of this wood table and it's just like, you know, I'm like sitting there with my hand on my hip all like, you know, excited and had no idea. And it was just, it was such a surreal moment uh, for me, but that was like my first real kind of big, you know, press, if you will, and, 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 yeah. you know, variety and everything. And from there, my business, Alvin Design was born and I started getting more and more clients and started kind of being become known as this celebrity stylist in the space. And then like, all of a sudden all these magazines are, you know, saying I'm the it girl in LA. And it was like, oh, okay. You know, it was like, yeah. uh, I still laugh when I hear it because it's, you know, everyone's like, oh, how did it happen? And I'm like, I, you know, I mean, I know it was tons of hard work, but I still kind of throw my hands up in the air because I'm like, there's no one specific answer. It was yeah. just so much fire and passion. It was all different paths, as you said, different pivots that kind of led me to that. Um, and then once again, like after styling for quite some time, I, you know, then started getting asked to be on camera to share like my tips and trends. And so then I started just doing that just kind of for fun. I didn't really have obviously experience in it. I also didn't like have a passion to do it. I actually was more nervous about it. And then I got, you know, pretty good at it because I was enjoying telling people how to put things together and like what products would work well for them. And so then all of a sudden I started, you know, doing all these national and local TV segments that turned into like a full-blown other part of my career that was not expected. I feel like this has been my story my whole life, um, you know, and it's just been like kind of one pivot after another. And then I became, you know, a mom and it was like, that became a whole nother, you know, situation of like, oh, now I'm a mom. And like, I don't really know if I resonate with half these things anymore. And I don't know if I want to be gone 24 seven because I have a little one in front of me that I want to see. And, oh, speaking of little ones and, you know, and so it's, um, it, it's interesting, right? It's like, when you talk about the word pivot, it's like, sometimes we pivot because the universe forces us to other times because we don't feel like that burning, like, you know, fire in our soul anymore. I know for me, there's been a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, and now, you know, my whole, like I wear many hats because I kind of still do all those things, but I really look at myself as like a mompreneur because I'm, I'm a mom who's just like running all those different, you know, businesses and, and doing all those different things. But for me, like mom first, as I know for you, like is, you know, number one priority. And I've been very grateful and blessed that I've been able to build my platforms and my life and my businesses around that now, you know? So yeah. it's, it's interesting when you share your story because you're like, there were, there's been, and still is so many pivots to what I do. And I kind of just keep learning, you know? Yeah. I love it. I like, there's so many things that I can pull from your story that I kept hearing over and over one, you had no problem leaving your ego at the door, like check your ego, start over like, and you were just following your heart every single time. It doesn't feel good anymore. It doesn't feel passionate. It doesn't feel, and then you would go a different direction. I think that's so admirable because so many people aren't willing to do that. They're like, wait, but I, but I've made it here and I'm not going to start over. Like, that's too hard. I don't want people to say stuff. I don't want to look whatever, like a beginner again. Like, and that's just, I applaud you because that's 
I mean, it's no wonder you've been so successful and you've been able to love what you're doing, even in the grind, even in the hard work, even in the, the 19 hour days, like when you're so in tune with the work that you're doing, that's so cool. Like not many people get to do that. Thank you. Well, you know, I think what you, we've all heard a lot, right? Like if you love what you do, you won't work a day in your life. And it's true. You know, I've really thought about also, like, I know I shared with you that I'm really big on energy and things like that. And, you know, I realize energy obviously is a really real thing, whether some feel it's woo or not, like it really is. And so for me, I'm like, okay, if I'm going to really put my energy towards certain things, I want to really love them and, and, and yeah. feel them, as you said, and feel that passion. And not only that, but also I think even my own mind now, I look at it all as creation, right? Like I'm creating and hopefully I'm creating an impact to help empower like you do with this amazing podcast. And so, you know, I think that when you switch the word work, to create and you start really empowering and really start thinking about like, what's the impact I'm going to have and what's this going to look like? It changes the game. And and all of a sudden you're able to do have those pivots and you're able to check your ego and you're able to really like come back to your resonance and like, you know, feel your heart and say like, does that work for me? Because if it doesn't serve you, like leave it behind, you know? And that was something I've had to learn over and over again. And I feel like the universe constantly tests me to see if I actually understand that because I've had plenty of times where I haven't checked my ego and then I've re- regretted it because I'm not happy or yeah. I'm working with certain celebrities that are treating me like shit and I don't want to be in that position. And, you know, it's, it's definitely been a lot of learning for me. I love it. But it's like, I just feel like you have this strong connection with confidence and with helping people transform. Like that's been kind of the root of so many of your different things. And you're like, as soon as it doesn't do that for you, you're like, all right, next, I want to do this. Okay. That's not cutting it. So I'm going to do this. And I think that's so cool. Cause you could look at it just like you said, like just changing your perception around things. You could look at it as, as yeah, I'm just styling these celebrities. I'm just whatever, or I'm helping these people step into like their fullest, best versions of themselves. You know what I mean? Like, and that's such a kind of same thing, but totally different, like totally different feel. And and you see it right again, like going back to energy. Like for me, like I started nursing, especially as I became a mom, I would like look at certain people I worked with and I'd be like, wow, look at how completely different they look. They're glowing. They're happy. Like it just, it changes everything. Even for me, like I learned as a mom when I lost my confidence in motherhood. And like, I think a lot of moms lose their confidence when they first become moms because it's such a shit show. (laughs) And I mean, like, I mean, just beyond. And you lose that confidence, right? So many of us, you don't want to admit it. I know I do all the time. And I realized like when I put certain things on and I, like even today, just wearing like a yellow shirt, like how colors can change your mood and how things you wear can change how you feel and you know, what resonates. Like it really makes such a difference, which is why I say confidence is your best accessory, because I feel it's so important to understand like what you said of that transformation from the inside out. And it's not just about what's trending. It's not just about clothing. And it's funny. I was fought so much in Hollywood for so many years on like, you know, Oh, just put them in this because it's hot right now. And I, I, I never could, I would always end up either losing a job because of that or getting into a fight with an agent or manager because I wasn't doing what I was quote unquote told. And it was like, because that's not what resonated with me, like in my soul of like, no, this doesn't look good on them because they're not feeling it. They're not feeling themselves. When they feel themselves, they are getting best dress. They are walking the red carpet, like a million bucks, whether it be even getting a mom ready, you know, to go out to a party and she feels fabulous. You can see it. You know, there's just such a difference. I love it. And it's so powerful because that really is that's everything like, and, and I want to pivot a little bit and talk about motherhood because you did sure. mention, um, let's chat about how, what that looked like. How did you go from, you're obviously so deep into your career 
long hour days, like, and then you have a kid, like, (laughs) what did that look like? How did you start to get into, um, like becoming an influencer and kind of shifting your platform a little bit? What did that look like? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So first off, uh, when we talk about the ego, right? Like being super transparent, I definitely didn't know how to check my ego when I had my daughter. I felt like first off, I was going to have this like, you know, beautiful water birth and the whole nine yards and <laughs> that shit went out the window. Um, and wound up in a, you know, 42 hours after my birth into a C-section oh, um, and was bed bound for, you know, weeks and uh, couldn't get back to set and was on a drive for nine weeks. So that was like a, woo, okay. Um, and that I think was really the universe kind of telling me to sit my ass down, honestly, because I, um, I had such like, you know, I think back to my first pregnancy and I'm like, I was so focused on the glam and like, so focused on like every maternity photo shoot and like every thing being perfect online and this, that, and the other thing. And, and I wasn't concerned about like how I was actually feeling and like what I was going to do to move myself forward when I became a mom and how I was going to handle my career. I didn't worry about any of that. It was just like, in my mind, I assumed it would just play out. I would just take her with me to set. I actually said to my friends, I was like, well, uh, you know, of course I booked a job, you know, a couple of weeks after I have her and I'll just take her with me. And they were like, and I was like, what? you know, and I, I know, and I just like made a face and they were like, I'm like, what? Like, it's fine. You know? And, and, and of course it's great to have those like, you know, empowering moments at the same time to be realistic too. And I wasn't, and I was just very much like, oh, it's fine. I'll just like figure it out. No big deal. And I think it took me going through like a very traumatic birth to then being like bedridden, not being able to go to set and do the jobs I was doing on top of then going through very heavy postpartum depression. I felt like the universe was really trying to teach me and God was really trying to show me like, Hey, look, you're not checking your ego. You're not allowing yourself to kind of just fall apart and like learn this new chapter of your life and and essentially evolve. You're almost like forcing yourself to go backwards and pretending like you're just adding her into your life and like nothing else changed, but like you completely changed. Like I believe we're reborn when we, you know, we have children and, you know, I think because I forced so much, right. Like we all, I think learn this at times. And, and I, at least I learned this over and over again is like, whenever I try to force something, it never happens. Like mm-hmm. it's always you're fighting against the universe. Like, Nope, it's not going to happen. And when you allow things to just flow and align more and more will align. And so I really had a hard lesson in that because I kept forcing and fighting. Like I would try to get every job, even though I was like drowning in postpartum depression and was losing my mind trying to breastfeed, but I was still trying to get to set. And I remember like perfect example, I was invited to a red carpet event. I was two months after having her. And I remember like forcing myself to go, never should have done that. I was first off, my body was nowhere near like where, you know, I had a baby two months before. Like it was nowhere near what I thought it was going to be the bounce back, quote unquote. Um, I was, (laughs) I was not, (laughs) I was not in any kind of shape. I also was in major pain still because my birth was, you know, quite traumatic. My daughter was not like breastfeeding well. It was all these things. And I thought, whatever, I'm going to get myself all glammed up. I'm going to take her with me. I'm going to show up. And there was empowerment in the sense that like, of course I did get there and I did. But I drowned afterwards because she started crying right after I walked the red carpet. I ran off and, you know, I had a nurse her. She wasn't latching. So here I am trying to, you know, rip my dress down, you know, in the middle of everything, shove her on me. She's screaming. People are trying to talk to me. There's interviews going on. I mean, it was like chaos on chaos. And I, you know, I think in that moment, I like couldn't check my ego and just be like, you know what? It's okay. Just like, I have to leave because I have a two month old and like, I already showed up and kind of did more than I needed to, but instead of like, no, I'm going to stand here and let myself drown because I want to like show that I can be here and like, it's fine. I'll just survive. Meanwhile, I cried myself to sleep that night because I was having such a hard time with the fact that she wouldn't nurse. I didn't like how I looked. 
I was so uncomfortable with the conversations. Like it was just, it was a whole, it was a real lesson for me. And I think that, you know, going through my postpartum depression and going through all that, when I finally came out of that and saw the light and the tunnel, I started realizing how much of my ego I still hadn't dealt with. I started realizing uh, how much old stuff I was still holding on to and wasn't letting go of and letting like this new chapter come in. And once I kind of like, I signed off social media for a couple months because I was like on there 24 seven, either comparing myself constantly or just posting things to try to make myself feel good, even though nothing was resonating and just things that just like, I wasn't proud of. And I felt like, you know, here I am like trying to show up like, oh, look at her, Amelia and I out, you know, at this event today. And like, don't we look so cute? But meanwhile, like I'm here at home, hysterical crying about nothing, you know, worked out at the event. I was a mess. This happened, that happened. But here I am pretending to like, everything is fine. Everything is beautiful. I think that's so, it's such a detriment to yourself and to everyone else that's watching. And mm -hmm. so when you say that word influencer, because I personally really have an issue with it, um, <laughs> I, I hate it because I just feel like, you know, it's like we choose to influence ourselves, right? Hopefully. Um, so I feel like I, I just hope that I more inspire and empower others in the space that I'm in now. But I think that where it switched for me was like when I started signing off of social media and then I came back on and I started sharing in a much more real and raw, vulnerable way it wasn't easy to, and I had a lot of backlash, even from like family and friends who've known me my whole life that were like, oh, what are you posting? What are you sharing? But a beautiful thing happened after all those people kind of shamed me and unfollowed and trolled and all those things. I started then getting this amazing community around me of moms and women and people who resonated with that and who got that and had their own journeys and stories to tell. And then hence my podcast and starting off and all these different things that I was able to dive into because I was willing to take a chance on myself and be vulnerable and share and have that confidence to share. And, you know, even now sharing, it's still not easy and I still have a hard time, but I, I really challenged myself like with coming on your show is like being as transparent as possible and having an impact and helping other people to be able to do the same because when we all do that there are more ripple effects and more and more people feel they can be empowered and stand up and find their confidence and that's all I want especially for moms and I think that you know it's interesting when I started like posting on social and was so scared at first again the ego and I was like oh my gosh maybe I should delete this post people are like what are you doing you know it was like oh my gosh do I just take it down just kidding you know and I had a lot of those moments but then I finally sat with myself and was like no you don't resonate with all that anymore there's a reason it doesn't align you need to essentially kind of like mourn that side of yourself and move forward and, and allow this all to play out. And so I've really put my faith over fear into all so much of this and just really have been tapping back into my heart space and my knowingness of being like, it may feel crazy. There may be a lot of question marks, but like, you know, the how is still a question mark, but I know all this will get there and it will be at the highest good for myself. I love it so much. And you have two, I was just looking, you have over 220,000 followers on Instagram. So I can only imagine how many people share their opinion with you and the naysayers and the haters and all of that stuff. How have you dealt with that? Like, how have you, cause I know at a certain point you just have to be okay. You just have to be like, it, it's going to happen. I can't be everybody's favorite flavor, right? Like you just have to be okay with that. And you do, you start to repel the people who are not for you. And that's a beautiful thing. That is a beautiful thing. When, when I get unfollows, I'm like 
awesome. I wasn't for them. They're not for me. That's okay. They're going to find their person. When I get new people, I'm like, awesome, new friends, right? So it's like both are a beautiful thing. How have you dealt with all of the negativity? Because I know that that is a thing for sure. And a fear for so many people to even share on social media because they don't want to deal with it. Yeah. Okay. I love this question. I love what you said about the repelling and the like, yes, thank you for unfollowing because it's funny. I've been experiencing this lately. You know, I was talking to you before we kind of started about like energy and where I am spiritually. And, you know, it's interesting when I started really sharing more about God and where I'm aligned and things over the last couple of years, I've had a lot of unfollows, a lot of people saying, you know, oh, I don't want to, you know, and I'm like, that's fine. If it yeah. doesn't resonate with you, don't be afraid to hit the unfollow button. I don't know why we've become such a society where you feel like you're literally like going up to someone and being like, I don't like you. Like it, it, it you choose to follow, right? Like you right. choose to engage, you choose to consume their content. So of course, if it's not resonating, hit the unfollow button. I tell people that when they DM me and say, bah, 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 you're crazy or you're the, whatever they say, I'm like, hit the unfollow button. Yeah. You don't have to be following me. Like it's okay. And, and, and it's funny when I say that to some people, they actually will say to me, you know what? I didn't even expect you to respond. I'm actually going to keep following you because I'm actually shocked that you actually said something. And I'm like, Okay, Isn't that the Whatever. weirdest thing though? Uh -huh. They really think like there's not a real human on right. the other side. Like there's right. real people, you guys, on every right. single on the, account. On, right, exactly. Uh, drives me nuts. keep talking about ego, right? But it's like, it's almost like you check their ego because they're like, da -da -da -da, and they come at you. It says like, you know, you know, keyboard warrior. And then you're like, well, hey, there's a person here. Yeah. I have feelings. Uh, if you don't like them, it's cool. You can hit unfollow. If it doesn't resonate, whatever. It's not yeah. for you. And I also love that you said too, like one, you get celebrated by the people that really align with you and love you, which is amazing. And you find more of your own people. The more you speak out about what actually aligns to you and you believe in and you truly resonate with, the more you have those people that actually want to be around 100%. you versus these fake, you know, people that are just following just to follow because they see a blue check mark or whatever it may be, like, which is stupid, but it's true. Yeah. And, you know, and I've realized that. And I'm like, I'm not for everybody. And you're not supposed to be for everybody. And, you know, that's one thing I honestly have an issue with that I talk about on my podcast with society is like, we've been taught for so long that like you have to like include everybody. It's like, yeah, okay, to a point. But when does it become too much where you're actually a detriment of yourself and you're not loving on yourself? And it's like, oh, I put my own self aside to make everyone else feel good. Well, that's, that's not good doing any good. You have to yeah. serve yourself so that you can make an impact and serve others. So I've had to really even relook at that myself and say, who am I even following? You know, what do I align with? You know, and, and even honestly, some people that choose to follow me just block them myself because I'm like, if it ain't cute, put it on mute. You know, like I'm over it. <laughs> I love it. It's really true. And that's like the block button as far as who you let see your stuff. That's also in your control. So I like that is your, I feel like our page and our Instagram or your Facebook or your whatever you're building, that's your little space on the internet. Like that is your community mm -hmm. that you can protect, that you can, like you do, you have some type of ownership over that, what, what happens there. So don't be afraid you guys, if you're sharing and you're getting haters and whatever, it's one thing when, if someone disagrees with you, I'm fine. If someone disagrees with something, I'm totally fine. Totally. But if they're just snarky and rude and hateful, right. Right. I'm like, no, no, thanks. I don't need that energy. Have a good day. Hope, yeah. you, hope you heal yourself. Goodbye. Totally. You know, it's just, yeah, I agree with you. And, and I think there's a beauty and a power in saying, 
I don't have to be like everybody and I don't need everybody to decide that I'm, you know, the bees need, like we all need to be our own love for each ourselves. We all need to love on ourselves because once we do that, then we will attract others who want to just like, you know, when you're in relationships, right? It's like when you're at your best self, your highest self, people are like, oh, I want to be around you. Oh, I want to do you. Like, it's pretty simple. It's like, like attracts like. So if you're just not resonating with someone, then you're just not for them. Who cares? Move on. And and it's an ego check, right? It's saying the ego is telling me to stay here and be safe and be comfortable and not to rock the boat. But then my highest self is a quieter voice saying, no, but this is where you really align. This is what really resonates. And you don't need that noise because it's just going to bring you down. Yeah, totally. hundred percent. I love it. So what does a day in the life look like now? So we, we learned how crazy it was like when you were grinding and doing all the things in the fashion world, what does it look like now that you have two beautiful daughters, you're married, you're doing all this other stuff. What does it look like? Oh my gosh. It's still crazy. Um, <laughs> just a different type of crazy. Right, I uh, like I'm in, you know, cur- currently in sweats, uh, you know, most days, um, or athleisure wear. Um, I used to be like always in heels and, you know, um, fashionable clothing, which was a major check guy I had to go through. Um, <laughs> and you know, it's, it's, it's messy and wild, but I feel like I finally in my late thirties, I'm starting to like learn how to tap into like my true authentic self and be that up for myself and for my family and for my girls and help empower them as they, you know, grow older and like what they see and how they feel and how they view the world. And, you know, it's been pretty magical to be honest, to get to kind of go through this journey with myself because I'm now really being so uh, intentional and impactful with the girls. Like I do affirmations with them every day, even though one-year-old probably has no idea what I'm doing, but I still do them anyway. It's so powerful. So powerful. My three-year-old requests them every day. We spray her with rose or quartz spray, and then we do affirmations. And, you know, it's just simple things and it, it helps me too. And we do breath work and I do meditation with her and, you know, I think that as busy and messy as it is now, I feel like I'm way more intentional in my own life and in my own space. And I don't let things, I don't let the day run me anymore, right? Like what you described before was Allie where the day ran her. Now yeah. I, I run the day. I take back my power. I take back my control. I choose what aligns with me. I choose where to spend my energy and time. I choose what to do and not to do. I don't just say yes to everything anymore. And you know, there's some beauty in that. There, you know, there are days where it's still um, slow, and I have to remind my ego of like it's okay, it's a slow day, and like it's just this is good. Rest is productive, you know. It, yeah. It's not just the grind, um, but that's like the the workaholic in progress in me. Um, and the other part is like super busy, and there are days where I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to check my own limiting beliefs and be like, it's okay, I will get it all done. Maybe not all today, but it will all happen. I will lay it out. I will figure it out, you know. And I think that it's an ongoing journey for me as a mom and being someone who runs, you know, many businesses. I know yourself, um, and I think that like I'm just honestly, I think I'm just always like learning, you know. Like I'm always like I know that it's nothing is. Um, guaranteed nothing is set in stone so I just go with it and I try to really just allow myself to evolve and learn as much as possible and no longer hold on to things the way I used to and really get out of my ego and just really allow my higher self to say 
today's a really busy day. It's great. It's a TV day. I'm doing TV segments, you know, remotely right now, obviously, but I'm doing TV segments, you know, about these products tomorrow. I'm, you know, I'm just being Allie as a mom and I'm just with the girls and we're just playing on the floor and I'm a hot mess. And it's okay because that's what today is. And then the next day I'm on podcast interviews and I've, you know, got myself together and I'm, you know, doing different things to hopefully create an impact, you know, in the world. And so every day is different. And I've, I've also had to really come into that and say, that's okay too, because I was used to the 24 seven grind and literally being at everyone's beck and call to my own detriment. Uh, and I felt like that was the norm. And now that I'm learning, like, it's okay for there to be really busy days. It's okay for there to be shit show days. Like yesterday, my daughter was teething again and she was so fussy and she didn't sleep all night. And I was totally off and I barely got my emails done. And my toddler was crazy all over the place. And you know, we're in the middle of a move. So my in-laws, there's a lot happening, you know? So it's like, I think just giving yourself that grace and knowing that like, not every day is going to be the same. It shouldn't be. And that every day you can start over, you know, I realize that for me, it's just not always the same, you know, and, and it used to be, and it's it. better that it's not now, you know? Yeah. I think, I think grace in every season is so important in motherhood because there's, it's always shifting. It's always changing. It never looks the same, but we, we can always stay true to what we want, right? What we aspire to be, what we aspire to do with our lives. That doesn't have to shift even on the daily. Like just because you're just alley mom, that doesn't mean you're taking a step back from doing all the cool things that you're doing in your businesses, right? It's okay to slow down, to be present, to unplug, to to just be. And I feel like that's where, yes. yes. And I feel like that's where a lot of women, especially, I don't think I'm not sure if dudes go through this. I know I'm with you. I'm with you. No, right. Yeah, exactly. They just, they just do life differently, but women are like, okay, I have to be this nurture and I'm the mother and I'm this, but I also want to do this and build this business and do this for my family, do this. And then we think we have to do it all every day, all the time, all at once. And it's like, no, 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 no. And that's, I feel like when women are like, oh, I just can't do it. Screw it. I'm throwing right. my hands up and I'm just not going to do it all. Exactly. Yeah. And then boost come in and you're like, oh, how am I going to, and this and that, and then oh, look at my list. And then I have to do this. And then so-and-so needs this. And yeah. I'm like, wait, it just, I, I've had, but I had that moment this morning and I stepped outside, grounded myself, did some breath work, walked around the grass, got in the sunshine and like just reset and was like, okay, going to let that go now and step back into myself. Yes. And I love that you have that, you know, yourself, you know, what it takes, you know, how to reset. So take us through that really quick. You kind of did quickly. So you go outside, you get into nature. Yeah. Walk us through that really That's fast. Even a newer thing for me, because I, I didn't honestly realize the power of like what you just said with the mindfulness and like really being aware, but then also doing something about it. It's one thing to know yourself, right. And to be like, okay, I'm spinning. Things don't, don't feel right. Whatever it may be. We all know if we actually listen to our bodies, like we actually know something's off. And even though we've been yeah. taught not to pay attention, we really do know if we actually do tap into that. And so, you know, when I do now, I'm like, okay, I'm going to step outside, going to get some fresh air. I'm going to feel the sunshine. I'm going to take my shoes off. I'm going to step into the ground. So like they say, the ions are really good for your body and good for your feet, you know? And so I just kind of walk around and I just sit with myself and kind of go through the thoughts in my head and I release them. And then I'm really big into breath work. So I kind of just do like a, and it's kind of like a quick three breath up and then a slow release. And it just helps you just to kind of reset. And if you can't do 
20 minutes, even 10 minutes, just even 30 seconds of that. You'd be amazed how much you come home to yourself and your own resonance. And then you're like, oh, okay. Everything doesn't feel so heavy on my shoulders. Everything doesn't feel so crazy, even if it is crazy. And now I can look at this and take this step by step and be intentional about how I'm going to handle the day. And the day is not going to run me. I'm going to run my day. I love it. Those simple things that you, you just learn work for you are so important. I feel like, especially in motherhood, because we have so many moments that feel out of our control or the kids are being crazy or they're fighting or they're this or that. And just being able to just breathe before you react, just breathe, have a moment to yourself and then go deal with it. Like just that pause. Yes. Take care of yourself for a sec and then go do it is life-changing. Yes, completely life-changing. And I learned that in postpartum depression. Went through all those, you know, when I went through my postpartum depression, I had, you know, several different modalities I did because I was, I'm not personally into, you know, heavy medicine. And so I, you know, learned, you know, mindfulness and meditation and breath work and journaling and affirmations and cognitive therapy and just so many different types of ways to what you just described of like tapping into yourself, tapping into your knowingness, knowing what's going on, and then taking that action to handle it instead of, being angry and then later on being like, oh, okay, let me try to reset myself. It's like, no, get ahead of it. Recognize that that's anger and then walk through it and say, what am I going to do to release that and essentially be able to alchemize it and go forward versus trying to repair. Now, I'm not saying that, of course, look, I have moments where I definitely have those moments and I, and I have to just burst because it happens. We're all human, right? But I also yeah. remind myself of what you were saying with Grace and I remind myself like, okay, it was just a bad moment. It doesn't mean it's a bad day. It's just that moment. I'm going to reset later on. I'm going to do something to help love on myself to release that. And then you move forward and every day is a new day and every hour is a new hour. So you don't have to like live and sit in that. It's like what we choose to do is really where we take our power back in that. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. I love it so much. And that's so powerful. So powerful. I want to like rewind that and go listen to that part again. <laughs> so good. I love that so much, Allie. Um, ah, I feel like I could just chat with you all day. You're so been cute. So much fun. I, I know. I love your podcast. You are so awesome. I'm so glad we got connected. And you guys, we randomly got connected on Instagram. Like, yeah. 
So random. I know social media gets a bad rap, but I meet the coolest humans. I do too. I feel the same way. Like it really media. does get a bad rap. Yes. And there are so many that are like, oh, please just go away. I would love to just be this bubble. But I do. I meet so many amazing people at the same time. And I'm like, wow, I'm so grateful that I do oh. have this space. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. Okay. You guys, if you loved Allie as much as I do, go find her, her page. Like I mentioned earlier on Instagram is at Allie Levine design. She also has a podcast. She has a website. Like you can just go follow her. She has the cutest girls and listen to her podcast. Cause she talks motherhood, entrepreneurship, like just it's every, it's everything. That's what it's called. Everything with Allie. It's literally <laughs> so everything. You- started off as just motherhood. And then like the pandemic hit. And I was like, I kind of felt like I was, again, I lost my passion and I was like, I feel like I'm doing a disservice to humanity to not talk about everything. And so it just became spirituality. Like, what are we doing as a collective? How do we, you know, use mindfulness? How do we level ourselves up and help everyone, you know, be in a better place? So yeah, it really is everything. And I've had some really cool, powerful guests and you're coming on soon. Yeah, that'll be fun. (laughs) Yes, I love it so much. Allie, thanks for hanging out. If you guys found value in this, share your favorite 15 second nugget, tag Allie, tag me at Micah Folsom Fit, and we will be able to share it with our friends and get the message out because women need more examples of just normal humans following their heart, doing what they love, making an impact on the world. And it looks so different. There's no right or wrong way to make an impact. There's no right or wrong way to help others, to make a difference, to be a positive light. Like Ali was sharing in the fashion industry, that was her sole mission to transform people, to help them feel their best. I just think that's so freaking cool that you can do all of the things you love in so many different avenues of life. And you've continued to do that. So thank you for sharing your story. Loved having you on and you guys, we will see you back here next week. Wrapping up another episode, and I just want to thank you for sticking around. Before you head out, I would love to hear from you. It would mean the world to me if you left this podcast a quick review wherever you're listening from. And if you got some nuggets from the message today, don't forget to share it with your friends, your team, and your Instagram story so that anyone else who needs it can find it too. And be sure to tag me at Micah Folsom Fit so that I can shout you out and share your page with my friends. Thanks for hanging. Now let's go take action on those goals and dreams because if you can feel it in your heart and see it in your head, then you can hold it in your hand. So until next time, go do your craft.